Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Good evening. Thanks again for joining us on Facebook Live. I'm Pastor Mike Brunzo, and I'm coming to you from my home in Taylorsville, Kentucky tonight. My wife and I pastor Faith Fellowship Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Don't forget to hit your share button so your friends will know that we're on the air. And if you would, please go to our Facebook page, our Facebook page, uh, Faith Fellowship Church of Louisville, after this broadcast, and uh, hit the like button. We'd appreciate that very much. I'd like to talk to you tonight for a few minutes about discerning truth in times of deception. Because the times we're living in right now, there is a lot of deception out there. And one of the things that we have to understand, first of all, is that God is the author of truth. Satan, since the Garden of Eden, when he deceived and lied to Eve, has been the author of deception and lies, and he's still the same today. He hasn't changed. Uh, have you ever heard the saying, you can't believe everything you hear? Or how about beware of half-truth because you may get a hold of the wrong half. And then, uh, you know, today we have to be so careful uh, because I think our society has come to a place where there is so much lying going on with the news media and social media outlets that we don't know what to believe anymore. And there's so much lying and misrepresentation of the truth that it's becoming harder and harder to recognize the truth when we hear it or when we read it. There's one more saying I want to share with you. Someone once said, don't believe everything you hear. There are three sides to every story. Your side, their side, and the truth. And the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. And just like the crisis we're in right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, we're being bombarded with all kinds of uh, information. And there are a lot of things that are being said. Some are true, some are not. And how do we know what's true and what's not? How do we know what to believe and what not to believe? Well, I, when we attended Bible college at Rhema, Dad Hagen, the founder of Rhema Bible College, taught us, at least concerning biblical doctrine, to avoid the ditches by staying in the middle of the road. And we've always followed that principle and applied it everywhere that we possibly could. And it's no different with the current situation that we're in right now. On one side of the ditch, you believe in everything you hear. On the other side of the ditch, uh, you, you're, you're not, you don't know what to believe, and, and uh, you're not believing anything. So what should we do? Get in the middle of the road. Some of what they're saying is true. Some of it is not. And we have to stay in the middle of the road concerning these things, and we have to discern what's true and what's not true. We certainly can't believe everything that we hear. But how will I know the truth when I hear it? Well, the one thing we have as believers that the world doesn't have is the spirit of truth is living inside us. Uh, John says the greater one is living inside of us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So we have the greater one living on the inside of us, 
If you're born again, you're a Christian, you've confessed Jesus as Lord, then you have the greater one living in the, inside of you. And when you're befuddled and you don't know what to believe or you don't know what's truth and what's a lie, look to the inside. The one that's inside of you knows everything. He knows all truth. In John 14 and 17, it says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And then uh, Jesus spoke this in the Gospel of John. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you even about the future. Now, I know it says he will be in you later, but this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he since then has died, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he sent another comforter, one identical to himself, called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, when we were born again, the Holy Spirit took up residence in us, and he's in us now. The Spirit of truth is in us. He's come since Jesus spoke these words. Uh, if we look to him, he will help us discern what's true and what isn't. I know this is foreign to some people, but we can look to our inside. We can look into our spirit, our heart, and we can request God to reveal truth to us. That was his promise to us. Uh, sometimes it comes in prayer. Sometimes it comes right on the moment. Sometimes it comes after, uh, a little while after some contemplation about what was said. But if you're looking to the inside, if you're looking to the greater one that's inside of you, if you're looking to the spirit of truth that's dwelling in you, he will reveal the truth to you. And he'll always do it right on time. But in the meantime, until that truth is revealed, I think what we need to do is stay in the middle of the road concerning certain things that we're hearing. And, and another thing we need to do at times is keep our mouth shut. Just listen, observe, and look inward. Um, there's a lot of deception out there right now and we have to be careful what we allow into our hearts because out of our heart comes the issues of life. We live our life out of our hearts. Someone might say, well, I live in Taylorsville, Kentucky or I live in Indiana or I live in Tennessee or Chicago or Streamwood where my big brother Jim and his wife Diane live. But you know what? That ain't where you live. Where you live is right here in your heart. That's your dwelling place. I don't care where you go, your life should be the same because you're living it out of your heart, not because of a geographical location. And I'm not saying that everything needs to be spiritually discerned. I don't see a demon behind every tree and bush, but sometimes it just takes a little common sense to be able to discern a lie, but that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about things that common sense just can't discern sometimes. I'm talking about things that you hear and they just rub you the wrong way and you don't know why. You just get a feeling down in the inside of you uh, about something that was said or something that was did and, or done and something just doesn't seem right, but you can't put your finger on it. And we describe that feeling in many different ways. Some people call it a hunch. Well, I had a hunch this was gonna happen. Or some people say, well, I just had a feeling and others say, well, something just told me not to do this or that, or I just knew inside. And even some would say, well, 
I, I, my conscience was really bothering me. That's the spirit of truth. Nine times out of 10, that's the spirit of truth that's living inside of you, nudging you, alerting you that what you just heard needs to be discerned. And I'm telling you now, don't ever override that little nudge that you get, that hunch, that feeling, that, you know, your conscience speaking to you. Never override that. Stop and listen to it. There were times that my wife and I were uh, getting ready to go somewhere, and it's somewhere that we're familiar with, and we always go the same way. And my wife says, hey, let's go another way tonight. Well, why? I don't know. I just have a feeling we need to go another way. So we would go another way that night arrive safely to where we were going and, and uh, when looking back on it we can't help but wonder hey maybe there was an accident maybe there was something waiting for us maybe we avoided something and the only reason that we avoided that thing if there was anything there is because we listened to that little uh, nudge in our spirits we listened to that uh, little feeling that we got down inside and we obeyed it and heeded to it i can't you know maybe when we get to heaven, we'll be able to tell how many times we avoided things by listening to that spirit inside of us. Hallelujah. Uh, the spirit of truth is inside of us, and it's nudging us, alerting us that what we need, what we just heard needs to be discerned. It needs to be judged. And uh, I'll give you an example. You remember when they were predicting the number of people that would contract this disease and the number of deaths that would occur based on what they call current computer models. They had based on current com computer models uh, what, what we were going to experience in this country and the deaths that they were predicting were upwards of 200,000 deaths in this country. And when we heard that on television, I immediately knew in my heart that it wasn't true. I rejected that as truth because I was alerted by the spirit of truth living on the inside of me that something wasn't right about that. And my common sense kicked in as well. I turned to my wife immediately and I said, that was a lie from the pit of hell. And I believe it was designed to put fear into people and bring them into total submission to do whatever the so-called experts want us to do. Now, I believe we should be law-abiding citizens, and I believe that we should follow the guidelines set forth by the CDC and the governor and the president and everything. And there's some natural things that we need to do to slow the, the spread of this particular disease. But sometimes they tell lies like this just to scare people into submission. I mean, fear will keep people home where common sense won't. And, and so they're doing whatever they have to do to keep people in submission. And sometimes it's by putting fear into them. So I knew the information that was put into the computer models uh, that all these predictions were based on came from countries that couldn't be trusted. I'm not even gonna mention the countries. I'm sure you can figure them out for yourself. But uh, so in addition to be alert, alerted by the spirit of truth, and, and now when I say, you know, I heard some. I heard the spirit of truth or something. I'm not speaking of an. I, I heard him in an audible voice. I didn't hear him in an audible, uh, audible voice. Usually, it's just a still small voice. It's that nudge inside, that feeling you get, something rubbing you the wrong way. That's usually how it starts out. And and you know, so I got that nudge in my spirit that I I didn't need to believe that, and I had to look into it further. And I realized that 
Computer models can only be as accurate as the information that's being fed into them. And, and I know from uh, UPS, when we first got into the computer world, uh, they had this one saying, GIGO, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. I'm sure some of you probably heard that thing. So what I'm saying is if you put garbage information in, you're going to get garbage information out. So if inaccurate or incorrect information is being fed into the model, then the predictions based on that model are going to be as inaccurate as well. So even when accurate information is being fed into them, they still can't be totally trusted because the variables are constantly changing and that affects the predictions coming out of them. As we know, the numbers were way off and thank God they were. We don't have as nearly as many cases, nearly as many deaths. And I know it's not over with yet, but I'm not looking uh, for that prediction to come true. You know, weather forecasts are coming from computer models. You hear the weather weatherman or, or woman always say that, well, according to current models, uh, we're going to have this experience or that much snow or this much rain or wind or whatever. But these forecasts are based on information that was fed into that computer model according to certain data that was already occurring in other areas and the direction that the storm was moving. But if the wind changes, then all that information is null and void and it changes the, the predictions and the forecast. So the computer model is no longer accurate. So when we hear the word computer model, we have to be careful because we don't know the information that went into it, where that information came from, or how accurate it is. And so I'm not gonna believe a whole lot that comes out of a computer model. You know, currently experts, so-called experts, are predicting before this thing is completely over, one million deaths in this country. First of all, I reject that as a lie. I bind it and take authority over it in Jesus' name. We're not going to experience that kind of death in this country. And, and you know, um, common sense would also have to kick in and tell us that, you know, the USA has a population of about 330 million people. 330 million people. And China has a population of around a billion and a half. And if the information is accurate that we're getting from China, and I don't believe it is, but if it's halfway accurate, they haven't experienced nowhere near a million deaths. So why would America that has 330 million people uh, experience a million deaths? It doesn't make sense. I reject it as a lie. So again, they're promoting fear because fear is power and they can control people with fear. That's how dictators and despots rule. They're not ruling because they're loved and they're popular. They're ruling because the people are afraid of them and what, what they can do to them. And, and how many knows the devil rules like that as well? If he can get you into fear, he can rule you. So speaking of fear, that's another way to discern truth and, and be able to tell if something is a lie. Fear doesn't come from God or the spirit of truth. If something promotes fear, if you hear something and it, it causes fear to come into you and it causes you to lose your, your peace and you can't sleep good at night, then it can't be trusted information. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of, of power and of love and of a sound mind. We get power, love, and a sound mind from God, not fear. God is the author of truth. The devil is the author of deception and lies. 
So no matter what's going on in the world, we can walk free of fear, full of faith, and in the power and love of a sound mind because we get that from God's word and the spirit of truth that's dwelling in us. We're being flooded with wrong information. One side predicts a national disaster, that's one ditch, and the other side tells us this isn't even as bad as the flu, that's another ditch. Where's the truth? Somewhere in the middle of the road. Uh, but no matter what, we have to understand that we can never submit to fear of any kind. Fear is a healthy emotion. God gave us the emotion of fear, but he gave us the emotion, uh, the emotion of fear so that we could uh, be alerted to an impending danger. And as soon as that fear rises up in you and you're alerted, then you need to get control of it so you can think and, and act properly. And the devil don't want you to get control of it. He wants you to be ruled by it. He wants you to run in fear when he should be the one running in fear. He wants you to flee something that you know you need to do when he's the one that needs to be fleeing from you. So, you know, uh, like I said earlier, the truth as with most things is going to be found somewhere in the middle. 1 Corinthians 14.10 tells us this. There are and may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. In other words, they're all significant voices, but they're not all telling the truth. And so we're supposed to discern which voice is telling the truth, which voice isn't telling the truth. And we need the spirit of discernment. We need the spirit of truth to help us to do that. You know, we're being misled in many areas by these different voices. And unfortunately, it includes some of the voices in the church. Some leaders are telling us to trust solely in our faith and privileges as children of God. And uh, just believe the promises like Psalm 91, no evil will befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. But you know, that's not a blanket statement for everybody. There's conditions concerning that. And, and these people that are standing on that promise and not meeting the conditions are going to be sorely disappointed. I mean, uh, you know, we should be abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, hiding un, in, under the wings of the Almighty. That's where our safety is. And, you know, when you drift off from under that protection, under that covering, you're in danger. And you can quote uh, Psalm 91.10, No evil will befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwell until you're blue in the face. It doesn't apply to you. And so, you know, we have to uh, follow the guidelines uh, as long as they don't supersede the word of God and what we believe in our heart. And, you know, uh, we're not supposed to defy the laws and the guidelines of our government officials and our medical experts and then expect God to protect us. It doesn't work like that. And, and as I'm sure you know by now, I believe we need to do both. I need, I believe we need to uh, exercise our faith, trust in and adhere to God's word and God's promises, but we should also follow the guidelines of our government leaders as long as they don't violate the word of God. And now I, I can only speak for what's going on here in Kentucky. I'm sure there's things going on all over the United States like this, but we have several churches here that are defying the guidelines for mass gatherings and they're doing it in the name of faith and their constitutional rights. And, and I'm not going to mention the, the churches because I don't want to add any fuel to that fire. Uh, but they've even been in the news, at least here. I don't know, maybe nationally as well. But 
You know, I'm glad that these leaders have enough faith to believe that the virus can't touch them. But how sure can they be that the people they are encouraging to, to attend their services, how sure can they be that those people have the same kind of faith that they do? And, and I've always said this, if you want to test your faith, test it on yourself. Don't test it on uh, your children. Don't test it on your neighbors, your friends. Test it on yourself. And, and uh, you know, leave innocent people out of it. But anyway, they even had visitors attending their services that came from known hotspots in our country that are very high risk for the virus. Now, can these leaders assure their regular members that they'll be safe? I don't think they can. And we have voices in the church that are saying their constitutional rights have been violated. Well, no more than these poor restaurant owners and small business owners. I mean, uh, they're suffering the same things that we're suffering as a church. And just like the restaurants and small businesses are finding alternatives to survive like Grubhub and curbside services, the church has alternatives as well, like Facebook Live and what I'm doing right now. YouTube and other media sources and, and we can still feed our members the word of God and we can do it safely and you know I'm all for parking lot services we haven't held one but I, I know churches that are holding parking lot services and uh, they're doing very well they're successful and, and the people feel closer because at least they can see each other uh, in in bodily form rather than on Facebook live or something but uh they're doing it safely by following the social distancing guidelines. You know, those people are parking so many feet apart, and if they get out of their vehicle, they're more than six feet apart from each other. And I think that's safe. There's nothing wrong with that. And if somebody told me that I couldn't do that, then I would have an objection to that. Uh, and believe me, I get it. I don't like this no more than anybody else. And if the government started opening businesses and told the church that they should remain closed, I'd have a great big open sign on the front of my church and maybe even one of them flashing signs if I could get my hands on it. And I'll lead the charge going back to uh, personal ser services in the sanctuary. And, and, you know, let me just say that I'm not looking for a debate or an argument on this issue, but if you feel like you need to leave a comment, you go right ahead and leave a comment. Go ahead and vent, rant, maybe like I'm doing right now, but... Uh, I'm not going to answer it, <laughs> but all I'm saying is the last thing we need now as a church is division within the church itself, division in the body of Christ, and that's what I'm starting to see, and I don't like it. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, the Apostle Paul uh, said this, now I beseech you, I beg you, I implore you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's pretty strong right there that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And I don't see that happening the way that it should be right now. And another thing is at times like this, we're called to be salt and light in the world. Uh, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, he said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. 
Then he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bushel. Instead, they put it on a stand, a lampstand, up high where it can give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine, your personal light, this little light of mine, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't think God is getting a lot of glory when there's all this division going on in the church. But we're to be salt for a number of reasons. Number one, salt preserves. Salt gives flavor to something that's tasteless. And it also makes one thirsty. And Jesus said if the salt loses its saltiness, it can no longer be effective. It's not good for anything then. In Colossians 4, 5, and 6, it says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. That's the others that Jesus was talking about. He's talking about the world. He's not talking about the church. He's not talking about a body of believers. He's talking about them that are without. He says, redeeming the time. And then he says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Is what you're saying full of grace? Is it salty? Is uh, what you're saying, does it preserve or does it destroy? Does it cause rot? I mean, we need to have salty speech. And Jesus said, let our light shine before others so that they may see our good works and give glory to God. And, you know, again, who are the others that Jesus is talking about? Not church people, not the born again believers that are in church. He's talking about the unsaved, those that don't know the things that we know. People that are watching the church very closely right now. And in the Bible, light has always represented holiness, goodness, knowledge, wisdom, grace, hope, and God's revelation. And by contrast, darkness has been associated with evil, sin, and despair. So when the, the world looks at the church, what are they seeing? When they look at you as a child of God, you in particular, as a child of God and a follower of Jesus Christ, what are they seeing? What are they hearing? Uh, you know, are we representing holiness, goodness, knowledge, wisdom, grace, and especially hope? Uh, you know, are we bringing taste to a tasteless, lost world? People are walking in enough darkness. Uh, they're walking in enough disappointment and discouragement and despair. There's evil and sin all around them. They're looking for someone to light the way. They're looking for someone that will light up a room when they come into it, that will brighten their day. Someone that knows the truth and is not afraid to share it. Someone that cares. Someone that can give them hope and the promise of a future. These are dark times. These are times where people are getting into depression and discouragement and despair. Uh, you know, marriages are in trouble right now because the spouses for the first time in a long time are, are, are forced to face each other and face the issues. And some of them are not getting along too well. It was better when dad was gone 16 hours a day, came home long enough to eat, uh, sleep, and then go back to work. But things are different now, and they're stressing out a lot of people. And, and they need an encouraging word now. They need to know that uh, somebody out there believes that this is going to have a good end to it. 
And, and I know any death, one death is one too many. All the, all the people that have lost loved ones or have sick loved ones now, our hearts should go out to them. I mean, I feel for them. I, I, I actually feel some of the things they're going through. You know, uh, my wife and I have been pastors for over 25 years, and, you know, we've seen our share of death, and we've dealt with death, and we've dealt with marriage problems, and we've dealt with children that had problems, and we've dealt with uh, people that were addicted to things. Uh, it's an ugly place out there, but they have to have a refuge, and that refuge is the church, and there shouldn't be any division in the church right now, and, and we should be, a, a, like Brother Daryl sang that song, yesterday about a lighthouse you know we should be a lighthouse to the world not a uh, we shouldn't be on the same level they are uh experience the same problems in the same way that they do yes we have the same problems but we're on top of it we should be on top of it this isn't going to get us depressed we've got the spirit of truth we have the spirit of peace dwelling inside of us and we need to share that with the others that are outside of the kingdom of God, outside of the church. See, our lights can't be hidden under a bushel, but rather set on a hill, set on a lampstand where it can give light to everybody that comes in, uh, close to it uh, so people can see that there is hope. And we're that hope through Jesus Christ in us. Uh, Jesus is in, is in us. Uh, the hope of glory. And that's what we need to be to this lost and dark world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We give you glory and honor. We thank you that you sent another comforter, the mighty Holy Ghost. And he's not only with us, but he dwells in us. Everywhere we go, he goes. He's called the greater one. And we thank you that you loved us enough and thought enough about us to put within us the spirit of truth, the, the mighty Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Father, teach us to hear your voice. Teach us to listen and, and watch for that nudge that the Holy Ghost will give us. Help us to hear that still small voice. And, and God, help us to minister to those without, to the others that are without, Lord. Uh, have them cross our path to where we can minister, of course, safely from six feet. But God, there's no distance in the spirit. There's no distance for your word. Jesus spoke the word and people were healed miles away. And God, we speak your word tonight. We speak your word that healed them all. We speak that same word and we send it to all of those that are sick and suffering from not only the coronavirus, but any other type of illness or ailment, God. We send your word tonight, the word of healing, that by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. So we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for the word that come forth tonight. I pray that it found uh, fertile soil in the hearts of a lot of people tonight, Lord, and God, that it was planted and it will cause them to think differently, look at things differently, and above all, not believe everything that comes down the pike, but let it be spiritually discerned by the spirit of truth that is dwelling inside of them and let them walk in light and let them walk in truth. And God, let no corrupt communications proceed forth out of our mouths except that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the people. Let our words be salty, God. And we thank you and we praise you for it. Touch each and every one out there in the Facebook audience tonight, Lord. 
heal them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, protect them, surround them with guardian angels and ministering spirits that will go before them, trip every trap and snare the devil's ever set before they even get to it, Lord. Give them safe, prosperous journeys everywhere they go. And we ask it all in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, we thank you uh, for being with us tonight. Don't forget, when the broadcast is over, go to Facebook Live. Or, I'm sorry, our Facebook page for Faith Fellowship Church of Louisville. Hit the like button on there. And uh, we'll see you again Sunday at 1030. God bless you. We love you and we appreciate you. Amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.